Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Hello, everyone. It is July 5th, 2016, and you are listening to the Locked On Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Phil Prosperic. I'm the editor of OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and I hope everyone had a very happy 4th of July and Independence Day. Uh, we took Monday off uh, because of the holiday. Uh, not really, though, because I was down at the Amway Center watching some basketball and I'll get into Summer League stuff in just a second, but I'm happy to have the Locked On Magic podcast back. I did an emergency instant reaction episode on Saturday when the Magic signed Bismack Biombo, and I'm going to dig into a little bit more of my thoughts uh, on the Magic's signings uh, throughout the week, and, and especially today uh, as, as things seem to have wrapped up for, for the team. Uh, Rob Hennigan is back from wherever he was on July 1st uh, and back in the Amway Center. But on today's show, I'm going to talk. A, I'm going to start uh, kind of a segment uh that I'm going to do throughout the week, throughout the, the about four days of this week, just looking at the future of this Magic and and who this team has become and, and where where they are going. So I'll, it'll be kind of like a big question, like my thoughts on, on what's going on with the team and, and what to begin expecting uh, next year and, and, and the years beyond and some of the problems that I see with it. Um, after that, I will do a little uh, little quick recap of the first three days of Summer League now. Um, not much not much to see there, but but still something interesting, and so I'll... I'll keep you abreast of that. Uh, but first, obviously, I can't start an NBA show today without talking about all the free agency moves that have happened, and especially the big one. Uh, it came down at about noon yesterday, a little bit before noon. Uh, Kevin Durant is going to join the Golden State Warriors, leaving the Oklahoma City Thunder. And there really isn't much of a magic connection. I know I've had a few fans here and there ask me, how are the Magic supposed to compete with LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers? How are the Magic supposed to win a championship when the Golden State Warriors are so good with the roster they have? And this is something that I get into a little bit and a question that that you know I think we'll be kind of dancing around throughout the week. And it's that not every team's gonna win a championship. Not every team should have championship aspirations, and not every team uh, is gunning for a championship, to be frank. The Magic aren't in the same league as the Cavaliers or the Warriors. They're not, they're not playing at the same level. The, the, the teams the Magic need to worry about are the Chicago Bulls, the Detroit Pistons, the New York Knicks, you know, the Atlanta Hawks now, you know, maybe the Miami Heat. The teams that are fighting their way into the playoffs. The Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, that's, that should be the Magic's main rival at this point. Because they're fighting for the same thing, and they're on the same trajectory, and they're at nearly at the same point of their path there. The Magic have to worry about themselves. So I don't worry about where Durant's going right now. One day, the dream is the Magic will be competing for a championship. And the way that they tried to build is a way that Oklahoma City built. It's a way that Golden State built. It's a way that you build two championships, but it doesn't guarantee you contention. And as we've seen with some of the deals the Magic have had to make this year and some of the decisions they've had to make in the draft that they haven't gotten that star yet and they haven't figured things out quite yet as far as building 
a competitive team. They made progress from 20 to 23 to 25 to 35 wins. But obviously they're trying to push that pace a little bit more and make it to the playoffs and just make it to the playoffs. You don't want to get stuck being an 8 or 7 seed. But as a young team, it is important to take that step and to get beat by the Durants and the LeBrons in the first round. The Magic did it in 94 when they, lost, when they had the 4 seed and lost to the Pacers in the first round. They did it in 2007 when they got beat by the Pistons in the first round after a long playoff absence. And so I don't worry about what's going on at the top. I'm more concerned about what's going on with, with the team itself. And obviously we'll, we'll dig into some of those free agency thoughts in, in just a bit. But I look at what New York did. Did New York get better bringing in Derrick Rose and Courtney Lee? Did Atlanta get better losing Al Horford for Dwight Howard? Did Detroit get better kind of standing pat for the most part? Bringing, keeping Andre Drummond, which everyone expected they would. These are the questions that I really think about when, when, I, when I look at free agency. But the main question always has to be on yourself. And has your team done enough to make the playoffs? Or to improve themselves? And I look at who the Magic have signed, and there's definitely something there. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in, in just a moment. There's definitely something there that wasn't there before with this Magic team. But I feel like there's some, still something also missing. And looking at who the Magic signed, and, and this weekend was, a, was obviously a big weekend. They, they signed DJ Augustin, filled that backup point guard need. They, they brought in Serge Ibaka in a trade, got that rim protector. They re-signed Evan Fournier, um, obviously committed to him now with Victor Oladipo gone. They got Jeff Green, who I think is a placeholder, a one-year deal, hoping that he's motivated enough that he can realize whatever potential anyone sees in him and he can be a little bit more consistent for this team. And then they signed Bismack Biamba, who hasn't been a starting center. They signed him to a four-year, $72 million deal, so he's now the highest-paid, he'll be the highest-paid player on the Magic. And I'm not quite sure what he is and, and how much he can contribute aside from room protection and defense. And that gets me to a big thing that I think the Magic are looking at. And this is our, our big question for today as we look at, at free agency as a whole. What is this team's identity? Where, what is this team going to look like and how are they going to play? And I think it's pretty clear what Frank Vogel wanted. And frankly, it's been clear what the Magic have really wanted for four years now. They wanted a team that was strong on defense. They always wanted a defensively focused team, a, a kind of gritty, hardworking team that won, that won games on its defense. And that hasn't materialized yet, for whatever reason. I mean, I think, you know, Jacques Vaughn's defenses were very simplistic, uh, and they didn't quite have the, the know-how to play good defense yet as, as a team, as a very young team. James Borrego brought in a little bit more of a defensive focus um, and a defensive mentality. I mean, his goal specifically was, we're going to protect the paint. And he started Dwayne Denman and Nikola Vucevic to do that, even if it sacrificed some offense. Scott Skiles preached defense. And the Magic's defense 
improved its standing in the league, but there were still clearly some holes. It wasn't a typical Scott Skiles defense. Something was missing. And as Frank Vogel has talked about some of the players that the Magic required, I mean, I've noted this several times now. When he spoke about Serge Ibaka and what he can bring, his eyes light up. He knows he has a very special defensive player. And then you add a guy like Bismack Biamba, who is nothing but a rim protector, and someone who can defend a lot of different positions, just like Ibaka. And now you have this crazy defensive flexibility. Now you've got the makings of an identity. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll probably be writing a little bit more about this, but I think Zach Oliver of Orlando Pinstripe Post wrote a really nice post on this before the Biombo signing, and I agree with him here. The Magic now do have a very clear defensive identity. They've got a, they have the ability to put a rim protector in the game at all times. Teams are going to have a tough time entering the paint against them and scoring. And it's not just blocking shots. Biombo and Ibaka are going to block plenty of shots. But as we remember from the Dwight Howard days, it's not just about blocking shots. It's about changing shots. It's about having a guard drive into the lane and pull up from, five, pull up from six, seven feet instead of five feet. Not getting to that second level. You know, we talk a lot about Nikola Vucevic's defensive struggles. And one of the things I think he struggled with for a long time is not trusting his defense behind him. And so he'd get stuck, unwilling to press up on the ball handler because he knew he'd get beat. But also unwilling to leave his man because he knows if he does, the player will, will A, beat him, and B, get, get the ball to, to the guy that he leaves open because no one's going to come and help. And that indecision's killer. That indecision's also killer on the offensive end. If you know a shot blocker's coming, you begin to doubt and look around, and you lose focus on the goal and, and on scoring and on making the next play. And so, in that sense, the Biombo signing really makes, really makes some sense. It fits what the Magic are trying to do. Now, did they overpay? Did they pay too much? I think time will tell. I've talked all offseason that one thing the Magic are probably going to do with their money is spend it on someone who they feel is ready to step up a role. Serge Ibaka is certainly that guy. But so is Bismack Biamba. We saw what he did in the playoffs after Jonas Valanciunas went down, and it felt like to, it could certainly be concluded that he was ready to assume a starter's role. Now, whether he starts or not is still a matter for debate. Um, whether he or Nik- whether he or Nikola Vucevic starts, because I think the other part of the problem with what the Magic have done this summer is they've hurt their offense a lot. As inefficient as Oladipo could be, Victor Oladipo can create his own shot. He knows how to go get his own shot or get into the paint and and make the defense shift and work. And the Magic don't really have that guy anymore. I mean, maybe Evan Fournier can develop into that. Maybe Mario Azonia can develop into that. Maybe Alfred Payton is ready to take full reign and be that creator with a, a, a pretty devastating pick-and-roll combo. 
But I would expect this team to be a one-dimensional team next year, very, uh, a very one-dimensional team. And it's going to be on defense. It's going to be focused on the defensive end. They've got good defenders. They've got some depth now. Um, you know, I think their, their goal is to be kind of unrelenting. They're going to keep coming at you with, with decent defenders and a rim protector. That's going to make it hard for you to score in the paint. And they're going to come at you with their depth. They're going to be able to cycle in talented players at all times. And make you work those second and fourth quarters. Make your second unit work. Make your first unit work. The team, the, the, the group that closes is probably not going to be the same group every game. The starting lineup might just be a starting lineup in name only. Um, you know, like I said, I don't know if Biombo starts because you need Vucevic's scoring, perhaps. I don't know even if Aaron Gordon starts because I think he's more effective as a power forward. And I think bringing him off the bench with that group, with, with his Zonia, with Augustin, with, with maybe a Jody Meeks, I think that, that could be a, a sound strategy. There, there are options, but the main, the main crux and what the Biombo signing really tells me is the Magic are fully committed to being a top 10 defensive team this year. Offense be damned for the moment. And they're banking that like, say, the Charlotte Hornets of two, two seasons ago, not last season, not the year before, but the year before that, they're banking that they can make the playoffs in the similar way that they did, the similar way that the Pacers did, to be frank. Pacers had a very average offense and always were top 10 defense. The Magic are banking, we will make the playoffs if we're a top 10 defense and we'll figure out the offense once we get there and once, you know, the playoffs give you access to better free agents and, you know, you free up 15 million from Jeff Green. Um, you know, you free up another six from Jody Meeks. You know, maybe you can clear up a little bit more cap room somewhere to to get a max slot. And that's that's when you really start your strike. That's when you try to make your strike. Of course, I'm not factoring Evan Fournier's new contract as well, which which might eat into a little bit of that cap room, but you know, well, that's 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 in the future because I think the Magic are, are really focused on on the now when it comes to this. So that's a little bit of what I think the Magic's identity is going to try and be. Um, I think uh, the defense is, is really going to be key, and, and they've got to click, uh, click in defensively. And, you know, that's a big lot of pressure on Alfred Payton. Um, that's a lot of pressure on Nikola Vucevic, I think. It's going to be a lot of pressure on Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green to, to provide something on the offensive end to balance out that defense. But um, they've got some skilled defensive players, and, and, and I think that identity is going to take. It's just a question of whether it'll be enough to, to get them in to playoff contention, and, and we had a defensive coach last year, and it didn't quite work. So we'll see how things go down. Uh, I want to close today's show out, though, talking a little bit about Summer League. It, it obviously doesn't have as much intrigue um, as years past with without some of the big names that were supposed to be here. Um, the whole league has kind of been a drag without, without any big first-round picks. I think someone did some math and discovered that there were only two first-round picks playing among the 10 teams at Summer League. So it's, it's not a, a real interesting group. Um, the Magic especially, uh, they, don't, they didn't have any picks in this year's draft. Uh, they, they, Stephen, except for Steven Zimmerman, the second-round pick. 
Mario Azonia is playing for Croatia in Italy. That that he starts his Olympic qualifying tournament today. I believe it starts around noon on Watch ESPN. If you want to watch that, I'll, I'll be trying to watch that as well. Um, but there's still been some interesting developments at summer league. Some things I want I, I want to just be aware of and and, and keep keep uh, keep a keep an eye out on and. You know, a lot of it has to do with Zimmerman. Zimmerman is a really interesting prospect. It's been intriguing to watch him play throughout the week. Um, the Magic have played two games. Both their teams have played two games now. Um, Zimmerman moves really well. He's got some good move, good post moves. He's got really good footwork. Um, has good defensive instincts too. Like he, he and he's long. He can block some shots. Um, but it's still he's still very raw and very young and very like green is is the word I would say. Like he's. He's still learning basketball in some way, or learning how to play basketball at a high level in some way. And, you know, I think he probably needs a year of development. I don't know if they'll send him to the D-League like they did Tyler Harvey, but he needs he still needs some time to grow. Um, he shows plenty of flashes, but he's got to develop some touch around the basket. He's, he's just not a great post scorer, despite his fantastic post moves. Um, and he's still kind of processing things on defense. So it's not all natural to him yet, and that's, that's to be expected. But uh, Zimmerman's an interesting guy, an interesting prospect, but I think still has a long way to go to, to develop into, uh, into a player the Magic can use. Uh, after him, I would say the most interesting guy for the Magic is Tyler Harvey. Harvey, too, has been interesting, but it's clear that he's not quite at the level you need to call him up to the main roster. Like, I'm not even sure if the Magic are going to give him a training camp invite at this moment. Um, I think they may say, go to Europe, we'll keep your rights, keep an eye on you, but yeah, go go to Europe, go make your money. Um, really start your career at this point. Uh, but Harvey, Harvey, like, he has improved, though. He looks he looks stronger than he did last year. Um, but as, as, a, as a... as a... as kind of a point... But he, he, he's, he's a lot more patient, I would say. He's not looking, he's not gunning, which is what we all kind of joke that he might do with this, with this blue team um, and, and, and how little kind of creation they have. Uh, he's, not, he's not looking to gun, so he's been really patient. I've been impressed by that. Uh, but his, his shot is just not an NBA shot. Like, he, he struggles to get it off in space. He has a weird hitch where he, he kind of brings the ball in a little bit, like a, like a clean and jerk almost before shooting, and um, it throws off his timing, I think. Um, you know, he has to really have that timing down. And right now, it doesn't look like he has it down, and he's, he's missing shots that he needs to make, and especially the style of play and the reputation that he has. He needs to make shots, and he can't quite get to the basket against elite competition, and, uh, you know, I don't know if Harvey's going to make it in this league. I'm sure he'll have a place somewhere, but um, I don't think... Uh, the Magic are the right place for him, and, and it's been clear through two games that while he has gotten better, it's it's he's probably not good enough. Um, Devin Marble, Devin Marble has been really really good. Um, he's he's probably on the ball too much trying to score. Um, he's been cutting really well though. If if someone could find him, um, and uh, I think that's a good sign for the team. Uh, defensively, he's been fantastic as usual. Um, I, I, I don't worry about him. I, I thought I'd see a little bit more out of him offensively. His, his three-point shot looks better, but um, I think Marble's kind of stuck where he is. He's still a very good player. He's probably 
worth having on the end of an NBA bench somewhere. But, uh, you know, Marble, Marble's Marble at this point. Um, you know, I, I like him. He's a good player. I think he, he works hard. Um, he's clearly improved. Uh, but, again, is it enough? You know, Magic could certainly keep him around and, and use him as a 15th guy and, you know, have some more perimeter defending on the bench. But, uh, you know, his offense is still a little rough. He still dribbles himself into, into traffic and, and can't quite get himself out. So he, he's not a great offensive – he's not going to be a great offensive player at this point. He's, he's just a, a solid defender. You know, you can count on him for spot minutes, but uh, I, I think that's about all you can do from him. Uh, some other names that, that I'll – Tell you to keep an eye on as the week goes on. Um, this guy Vincent Poirier, uh, Poirier uh, from uh, he played for for Center Federal Center Federal uh, last year, I believe that would be in France. I don't know. I think he's French. Um, he's been really impressive. Um, not an NBA quality guy, uh, but but he plays with good energy, plays good defense. Uh, needs to develop a better offensive game, but he has a little bit of a jumper. Um, I've been impressed with him. He's, he's caught, caught my eye a little bit on, on this blue team uh, for, through the first few games. Uh, so keep an eye out on him. Uh, had a good game yesterday at least as well. Uh, so he earned a starting starter job. He started over uh, Alex Poitras, who's been uh, pretty disappointing as well. Um, on the white team, Patricio Garino, uh, the rookie from George Washington, he looks like an NBA player. He's got good length, got good defensive instincts, gets – Gets caught ball watching or, or digging into the ball too much and has committed a lot of fouls, uh, but a decent shot and I think he's definitely a candidate to to get a contract with Erie and, and just be kept kept close to the team. It wouldn't surprise me if he gets a training camp invite uh, before he gets sent to Erie for the year. Uh, but he was he's a really interesting player. Uh, I, I'm intrigued to keep watching him and see how he develops his his shooting. He's got a good shot. He can make shots, but his shooting percentages haven't been great. Maybe that's because. He's on the ball a little bit more than, than he probably should be, uh, but defensively he's got he's got a lot of potential there. You know, uh, obviously three time Atlantic Ten defensive team player. Uh, he's he's a guy that I want to keep an eye on and want to keep close to the franchise. And, and he'll find he'll find some place to play, whether it's here, whether it's I think he's from Portugal, whether it's back in Portugal, um, he'll find some place to play. Uh, Trevion Graham has played really well uh, for the for the white team as well. Uh, Brandon Fields had an interesting day yesterday. I, I keep an eye on him. Can get to the basket, just can't really finish at the basket. Uh, he had like a 10, 12 for 14 free throw game yesterday, but shot like one of eight. Um, Justin Dentman's been, done a good job running the point for the Magic. Uh, he's a longtime summer leaguer. I think we know who he, what he's like uh, uh, generally. Uh, Arinze Onuwaku has been a big scorer for that white team as well. I don't see him as an NBA guy. He's just kind of a bull. Uh, he's been able to muscle some guys around, uh, really unrefined on the on the on the offensive end. Um, haven't really focused too much on his defense, so I don't know quite what he is. Uh, so, you know, definitely some names to think about and keep an eye on as the week goes on. But all these guys are long shots to make the roster. There's probably none that will make the roster. We're looking at D league guys, end of the bench guys. You know. Maybe some training camp invites. Maybe some training camp invites uh, from for guys that they want to try and invest a little bit more in and make sure that they can get them in their system and, and play them in Erie. Um, that's that's about what this summer league is. Um, obviously, the Magic have done a major reformation during free agency, and that's the main focus of their offseason plans. So uh, I would just keep that in mind as you're watching the rest of summer league. Um, really, you know, it's it's been about 
This summer has been about reforming the identity, as I said, uh, and it's clear what that identity is, and, and at least that, that can be seen as a form of progress for sure uh, as far as what this team's doing. Um, I have some other questions, and, and I think that question is, is what I'm going to ask tomorrow is, is where exactly is this team going in the long term? Um, it's clear they have a short-term goal of making the playoffs, but you know, the big question I want to ask tomorrow is uh, where is the team going directionally? Like, What is the 2018 team going to look like as opposed to the 2017 team? Um, who's going to still be around for that? Um, that's obviously uh, a big question and a big thought that, that comes in through this team. I hope everyone had a very happy 4th of July once again. Uh, you can follow the Locked On Magic podcast. Uh, I believe we're on iTunes now, so go check us out on iTunes. Search Lock on, Locked On Magic. If you subscribe to the original Orlando Magic Daily podcast feed, you should get us automatically. Um, we switched over the feed to Locked On Magic, so... You shouldn't have to do anything to, to get that fee to get that if you've already subscribed to the Orlando Magic Daily podcast. Um, if you're if you feel so inclined, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars would be fantastic. Uh, we'd love we'd love to get some more attention and climb those rankings and uh, you know get get feel the love. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll check them out and, and and thank people for for that as well. So uh, if if you're so inclined, go do that. If if iTunes isn't quite working yet, you can always find us on Audio Boom. Search Locked On Magic. Um, all the podcasts are up there now. Uh, I've also been posting them inside of OrlandoMagicDaily.com posts. We've got some good posts coming up on the site today. Uh, Jody Meeks spoke to the media on Saturday, so I have a, a quick story about uh, Meeks and, and the opportunity he has with Orlando. Um, our Alex Horvath, and I'll talk a little bit more about this tomorrow, wrote kind of a retrospective on Victor Oladipo and his time with the Magic and what it meant. Uh, so I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that on tomorrow's show, but definitely give data read. It was really, really well done as well. And so we'll have a few other things up on the site as well, including uh, in, in the few, next few days talking about trade possibilities. Who is the odd man out with this crowded front court? So as always, let's follow us on iTunes. Give us a review. Follow us on Audio Boom. You know, let us, you know, let us know how, how we're doing. Um, you know, obviously it's been, uh, I, I think I've gotten some incredibly positive feedback. Uh, and so I'm excited for this next week of the show, happy little refreshed from, from the holiday, although I was at the Amway Center all day. And uh, that'll do it for me. You can follow me on Twitter, at Daily, and I'll catch you tomorrow here on the Locked On Magic Podcast. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.